Welcome, everyone, to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I'm your host, Greg Schutz. This is episode 35 of the 2023 podcast series, where we take a look at the draft-eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft. And uh, I'm back from being on vacation and uh, really putting together the post-draft edition. We took a look at the first 16 teams alphabetically in episode 34, taking a look at their draft picks and really what to expect going into the 2023 season. And so we take a look at the final 16 teams, starting with the Chargers, ending with the Commanders. And without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into things, right? So the the Los Angeles Chargers, sitting there at number 21 overall. I, I think everyone expected them to go ahead um, you know, with a uh, with the wide receiver. Right, they ended up, you know, trading back. They're sitting there at number 22 overall, and uh, so you look at it and you're saying, okay, you know, you've got Keenan Allen, you've got Mike Williams, you need a guy that's going to be lined up in the slot. And I'll tell you, the fact that Chris Beatty was the wide receivers coach, this was the guy who coached Jordan Addison there at Pittsburgh before he moved on to USC. So I thought this was a match made in heaven. I thought that was going to be the perfect result. Instead, they decide to go with Quinton Johnson. They get the 6'3", 208-pounder, another bigger receiver, but a guy that has that vertical speed, over 19 yards per reception in his career. This is a guy that loves to take the top off of a defense. Um, The issue that I have with him is... Just more so the fact that he doesn't use that size to his advantage. And that's really the biggest thing that I, I actually had him falling to the second round because you saw some drops at his pro day. You saw him you know, not utilizing that, that, that wingspan and that catch radius to his advantage, really letting balls get into his body, allowing defenders to make plays on the football. But make no mistake, when this guy gets the ball in his hands, he can be explosive. He's a guy that can get vertical, can take the top off of a defense. And look, you know, Joe Burrow has three really big receivers and guys that are dynamic in, in, in Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. And now Justin Herbert has his trio. So then the Chargers move on to round number two, and this was a pick that I think you know, I was expecting to see. 23rd pick in the second round, Tuli Tuli Pelotu going to USC, uh, you know, from USC, staying in LA, going to the Chargers. This is a guy, look, you know, he's a versatile guy. Um, you know, everyone was expecting him to, you know, they was USC reported he was 6'4, 290. Ends up showing up at the, the combine at 6'3", 266. Now, what I really liked about this was this is a guy that can come in and, and kind of back up uh, Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. But at the same time, I think with Tuli Pelotu, he has similar dimensions to uh, you know Morgan Fox, who's going to be that defensive end there. He's 6'3", 275. So when you look at Tuli, he's a guy that can put his hand in the dirt. Or you can line him up and, and allow him to be a, a, an edge rusher coming off the edge. He was able to do a lot of different things there at USC. So I think what the Chargers are looking at is a guy that, hey, we can allow him to line up all over the field. And uh, look, when you have Tui Pelotu and Mack and Bosa all getting after the quarterback, I think you're going to see some big things. This is a guy, look, you know, he was among the leaders the entire season in sacks this past year. And, uh, you know, you want to talk about some hands. He's got some violent, violent hands. So he's going to be a lot of fun to, to watch there as well. Uh, getting into round number three, this was a pick that I loved. Dayon Henley. I actually had him coming off the board in round number two. Dayon Henley, though, the versatility is absolutely there. This is a guy that I absolutely love. 6'1", 225, uh, undersized, you know, but... A guy, he's a converted safety, a linebacker that understands the nuances in coverage, but a guy that also does a great job slipping blocks, being able to make plays uh, you know, around the line of scrimmage, 
very good range. You look at Kenneth Murray there, he's solidified one of the inside linebacker spots. They brought in Eric Kendricks, but I think Dayon Henley has a chance to not only be a good role player for them initially, but a guy who I think, you know, Kendricks is 31 years of age. I don't think you know, Kendricks is the long-term answer. This is a guy who's going to contribute in those, those sub-packages and end up being that long-term starter there next to Kenneth Murray. Round number four, you know, look, Darius Davis, I love the speed, and I think that's really what they're looking for there. They don't have a ton of speed on the roster. Um, you know, Jalen Guyton, Josh Palmer, um, you know, Keelan Doss, John Hightower, a lot of those guys outside of the, the big three now. Uh, so not a whole lot of speed, so that's why they bring in Darius Davis. But look, you know, let's not make any mistake about it. Darius Davis is also being brought in to be their return guy. He's going to be returning kicks. He's going to return punts. This is a dude that can take the, the top off of a defense with that speed. Uh, just 5'8", 165. Very dynamic, though, with the ball in his hands. He may even be quicker than he is fast, but uh, a, a guy that I think is definitely going to help there. Then you look at Jordan McFadden. This is an interesting kid. He's 6'2", 303, and a guy that I think everybody's expecting him to play guard. I think what the Chargers have shown with Rashawn Slater, with Jamari Sawyer, uh, with Zion Johnson, they love guys who have that versatility. They can play multiple positions. And Jordan McFadden is no exception. He's 6'2", 310, so everyone looks at him and says he's absolutely going to be a guard. However, this is a guy who also has 34-inch arms. So I think if there is a guy that is a little undersized that could kick outside to tackle in a pinch, Jordan McFadden is that type of guy. We've already seen that with uh, Jamari Sawyer as well. Zion Johnson has experience at tackle. So they're just really well, you know, well-rounded offensive line. I think Jordan McFadden's the guy who's going to be a nice role player for them. Uh, you know, a guy that could end up potentially even being a swing tackle for him if they need to. I know Foster Sor uh, Sorrell is, is already there, but uh, a guy that is definitely going to be a backup to, to Johnson and Sawyer. And look, he could kick in and, and be a starter at guard in the event one of those tackles goes down and forces uh, Sawyer outside to play that tackle spot. In round number six, you get Scott Matlock uh, out of Boise State, 6'4", 308. This is a guy who, um, you know, he's he's very good against the run. I think the upper upper body strength is there. This guy, you know, is not a guy that's going to necessarily get after the quarterback uh, a, a ton, but uh, he, he's a guy that does give a good chase going after the quarterback. I think that's one of the big things. You know, and what I love about Scott Matlock is you know, just the effort. You're never going to see this guy take a playoff. He's always going to be working to the quarterback and, uh, and to the football as a whole. You know, look, you know, I say that he's not really much of a pass rusher, but at the same time, he had seven sacks in 2021, uh, 19 and a half tackles for loss in his career as well, back-to-back uh, -back seasons with at least 40 tackles. Um, so very active there at that, uh, at that defensive line spot. Um, but when you look at, at Madlock and you're talking about his size, um, you know, he's 6'4", 296, uh, so he's one of those guys that could potentially play that end spot, could also play tackle, kind of that rotation there with Austin Johnson. So again, another versatile player who can play a lot of different positions. And then they go with Max Duggan, who's going to compete with Easton Stick to be that, that backup there for Justin Herbert. Look, you know, Max Duggan, we know he was going to be a, a, a project, you know, a guy that's going to be a developmental guy, but uh, you love the greediness, you love the athleticism that you saw as well. This is a guy that ultimately, I think, you know, he's going to battle Easton Stick within a couple of years. I think Max Duggan, we're going to be talking about him as the backup there to Justin Herbert. Overall, I thought this was a great draft. Uh, you know, they, they hit on a lot of different positions that they needed. I thought they were going to go with the running back, especially with the whole Austin Eckler situation, but it sounds like they're not going to... Uh, 
trade Austin Eckler, so they ultimately decided they were going to pass on that running back spot. The other spot that I thought they were going to go after was was that cornerback position. You know, they've got Michael Davis, they've got Asante Samuel uh, uh, Jr. They did bring in J.C. Jackson, um, you know, but uh, you know that was a spot that I thought they could get a little bit of an upgrade. Uh, so I was a little little surprised that we didn't see as much action there as um, I think you know a lot of people were anticipating for for the Chargers. Uh, move on to the Rams and the Rams. Ultimately, this is a team that you kind of left scratching your head, uh, right? You know, you see Jalen Ramsey leave uh, and and. Uh, Leonard Floyd leave and Bobby Wagner leave. So really, this is a team that is rebuilding. They're looking towards the future. And uh, look, no first-round pick. You know, we know that that they they gave that away to the to the Lions in the Matthew Stafford trade. But when you look at what they did uh, on day two of the draft, there are a couple of picks that I absolutely love. Steve Avila, number five pick in round number two out of TUCU, one of my favorite players in the entire draft. This is a guy you know he's heavy-handed. He, he's very physical at the point of attack. Um, but what I've watched when in that. Uh, national title game against Georgia, watching him go up against Jalen Carter, stone him, being able to use his hands, being able to slide, keep him in front of him. Uh, that was something that I think really stood out for me, you know, to show that yes, this is a guy that is able to hold up as a pass protector as well, and the versatility to play guard and center. I think this is a, a plug-and-play starter, a guy that's probably going to play left guard there next to Joseph Noteboom. Um, love the pick. Byron Young out of Tennessee. Now, this is a dude, he's a little undersized. He's 6'2", 250 pounds, somewhere around there. Uh, but this is a guy, you know, he, the speed for days. I think that's really the biggest thing that jumps off the page more than anything else when you're talking about Byron Young. 4'4", uh, 3'40", 38-inch vertical leap, a guy who is incredibly explosive and a guy that just knows how to get after the quarterback. Obviously, if you're going to be getting rid of, uh, you know, your explosiveness there with, uh, Leonard Floyd, you're going to need a guy that's going to be able to get after the quarterback. Byron Young can absolutely do that. 12 and a half sacks in his two seasons there at Tennessee. Another guy that's going to be a plug-and-play starter. Um, you know, there's, there's no doubt about that. Round three, number 26 uh, pick there in, in round round number three, Kobe Turner. Now, this was a bit of a curious pick. Uh, you know, I, I did not have Kobe Turner coming off the board until round seven. I think this is something that they, they looked at. Greg Gaines leaving. Um, you know, Ashawn Robinson uh, signed with the Giants as well. They need to address that defensive line. Right now your starters are, are Marquise Copeland, uh, Bobby Bobby Brown III, and Aaron Donald, really. Um, so I think Kobe Turner, you know, they, they needed to address the position. But, but with Kobe Turner, this is a guy who I think, you know, he you know has a decent burst, but he, he is definitely undersized at 6'2", 288. Um, you know, he's somebody that you know, the size, you worry about him being able to hold up against the run. And he's not overly explosive either. But uh, a, a guy that I, I thought, you know, could be a good developmental player. I, I was just curious, you know, it was a curious pick, you know, to, to see him come off the board there. Look, you know, he did have two sacks and, and 10 tackles for loss at Wake Forest. Um, but this is a guy that I thought was going to be a, a late day three performer. In, in round four, they go with Stetson Bennett, you know, the quarterback out of Georgia, 5'11", 192. Uh, look, you know, we, we know about Stetson Bennett. Uh, they've got Brett Rippon on the roster, but I think Stetson Bennett is going to end up being the, the backup there for Matthew Stafford. And look, Matthew Stafford can't stay healthy, so there's a good chance that we're going to end up seeing Stetson Bennett uh, as a starter at some point in 2023. Hopefully, he'll be ready for that. 
round five, they actually have four picks in round number five. Nick Hampton out of Appalachian State is really kind of the prize of that group. This is a guy who I think is ultimately going to work his way into the starting rotation as well. Uh, you know, with, with Hampton, what you're getting is a bit of an undersized edge rusher, but a dude that knows how to get after the quarterback. The speed for days, a little undersized, but look, had 11 sacks in 2021, uh, 26 and a half in his career, 40 tackles for loss overall, uh, six forced fumbles as well, has a nose for the football. I really love this pick, a guy that I think is going to end up being a starter there at some point for the Rams. When you look at uh, the next pick, number 40 overall in round number five, that's Warren McClendon out of Georgia. 6'4", 306, uh, you know, a guy that played a lot of games there for Georgia, uh, really fundamentally sound as a pass protector. He's one of those guys that I think could end up filling in as a as a right tackle, uh, you know, back up there for Rob Havenstein. Not really a left left tackle, really more of a right tackle. That's why he falls falls all the way to round number five. Uh, but a guy that you could also kick inside to guard. You know, I know that you've got Avila Logan Bruss, last year's third round pick, is back. Uh, so the Warren McClendon could be a backup to those guys, along with Havenstein out there at right tackle. Uh, so I thought that was a really a, a solid value for that pick up there. Same goes with Davis Allen. Look, you know, 50, uh, 41st pick in round number five. This is a dude who reliable target there at Clemson for DJ Uyang, uh, Angelale and, and, and K. Klubnik. Uh, he's 6'4", 265. Uh, a, a guy that, look, you know, when you saw him in the red zone, this is a guy who, who was able to contort his body, make some difficult catches. Just ran a 4.8440 at the combine, but a 38.5-inch vertical leap, a guy that can definitely be that red zone option. Um, you know, definitely quicker than he is fast, but a, a guy that could be a matchup problem in, uh, you know, not only in the red zone, but up the seam. When you look at the, the tight end group, you know, they made that trade uh, for, for uh, you know, with Jalen Ramsey. They brought in Hunter Long. There's questions about whether or not he loves the game. Uh, you know, you've got Bryson Hopkins currently backing up Tyler Higby. I think Davis Allen is the guy that can end up being Higby's backup uh, sooner rather than later. And then three picks later, they end up going with Puka Nakua out of BYU. Now with Puka, look, 6'2", 201. This guy has excellent hands, and uh, you know, 50-50 balls are are his specialty. And uh, when you look at, at Puka, um, you know, he, he's a very very smooth receiver. I think you know that's something else that that jumps off definitely for for me. And when you look at this receiving receiving core. Uh, you know, you needed speed. Puka's not a guy who's going to take the, the top off of the defense, um, but he's an intelligent, you know, uh, intelligent receiver, very aware of his surroundings. You know, he, he gives me, gives off some of those Van Jefferson type vibes, you know, Cooper Cup as well. You know, that kind of tells me that when you look at what the Rams are doing, they're building, they want receivers who are intelligent, guys that understand the, the route running, being able to position, but, you know, they're lacking speed. That's really the biggest thing, and that's really what, what I, I'm, I'm waiting for the for the Rams to target a speed receiver because, you know, frankly, we're just not really seeing that out of them. I don't know if, uh, you know, Tutu Atwell really hasn't developed, uh, you know, to their liking. Maybe that's shied them away from getting a speed guy, but, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what this receiving core is able to do in 2023. In round six, the Jim Thorpe Award winner. If I said, you know, Jim Thorpe Award winner coming off the board that late, you'd be like, wow, that's, that's incredible. Now, you know, Travis Hodges, Tomlinson, no, you know, no discredit to him, but you know this is a guy who's 5'8", uh, very undersized in terms of that, that cornerback position. But uh, at the same point, you know, look, 
he's a gamer. You know, he, he ran that 4-4-140, 39-inch vertical leap. This is a dude who has ball skills for days. So don't let the undersized nature fool you. He reminds me of another former Ram in, uh, in Nikel, uh, Roby Coleman. Really carved out a, a nice niche for himself after coming out from USC. But look, five interceptions, 36 pass breakups in his career there for the Horn Frogs. So when you look at the Rams and you look at what they have there at that cornerback spot, Darion Kendrick, Robert Rochelle, a couple of young corners, um, and then you know Kobe Durant. Travis Hodges Tomlinson probably going to fit in, you know, with, with Durant there, either at nickel in, in the slot. Um, but they've got a lot of young young talent there in the secondary. What they really need is is a veteran presence because there there really isn't much there on the back end in terms of, of veterans. Uh, staying in round six, O'Shawn Mathis. Now this is a dude who who broke out at T at TCU. Um, you know, you see the length, six five two two fifty. You know, a, a dude that uh, you know can bend, he can come off the edge, but you're just waiting for him to really live up to that hype, and he never really did that. Um, had eight sacks, 12 tackles for loss in 2020, and then after that, you know, the, the next three seasons, uh, I'm sorry, the next two seasons, he, he combined nine tackles for loss and five and a half sacks. So really, you know, you're expecting to see a lot more out of him, and that just didn't take place at all. And, and so that's really kind of a curious situation there. That's why he falls all the way to round six. Rams need pass rush help, so I think O'Shawn, you're going to see him there as an outside linebacker. Uh, you know, I think that makes perfect sense. Rams needed to address the running back position. Kyron Williams, he picked up in round number five a season ago uh, and really just hasn't performed to this point. I'm sorry, a couple of seasons ago. Uh, you know, I know he battled some injuries, but he just hasn't you know, been that, that player, that breakout player that I think they were expecting. What you get with Zach Evans, look, 5'11", 202, and he's a downhill runner, a guy that's going to get those chunk plays for you, a guy that has excellent hands coming out of the backfield as well. And look, you know, when he was there at, at TCU, he was a dude that um, was an absolute beast. It, really, the biggest thing is is the injuries. You know, had injury, you know, injury plague season there for Ole Miss as well, um, but still ended up with just just under 2,000 yards. Let's just say 2,000. You know, it's 1,999 yards to be exact. But uh, 18 touchdowns. Um, the biggest thing is keeping this kid healthy, and that's really going to be the biggest thing. They could end up getting a steal in the draft uh, if he can stay healthy, if he can stay on the field. But uh, that's going to be one of the biggest things. He, he's not a proven pass blocker by any means, but a guy that I think could end up being a steal. Round seven, uh, use three picks here. They end up getting uh, Ethan Evans out of Wingate. Don't know too much about this guy, but you know he was a, a punter, a kicker. He kicked off there at Wingate. Um, you know, he has a really strong leg, so I, I, I do know that about him. Um, he's a guy that ultimately they needed a punter. I mean, look, shoot, this guy is 6'3", 235. So, yeah, you know, he's definitely a big kid. Um, you know, I think that punting job is probably his. Uh, you know, that's kind of the expectation. Then you get Jason Taylor the second. You know, the safety, this dude is a playmaker. Tracks the ball really well. A 
guy that's going to attack the ball when it's in the air. You've got Russ Yeast right now as that free safety spot, but keep an eye out there for Jason Taylor. This is going to be a guy that's going to be a special team standout, but I firmly believe that Jason Taylor has a chance to end up being a starter at the next level. Six foot, 215, um, you know, the eight interceptions in his career, including six this past season, 11 pass breakups, also 10 tackles for loss. Really just racked those up in the last two seasons there for, for Oklahoma State. He's a guy to keep an eye out for. And then Mr. Irrelevant is a guy that I, I absolutely love, uh, and that's uh, Dewan Johnson out of Toledo. Another guy who's un, uh, undersized. What I love about him is his ability to get after the quarterback and really make plays behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, 14 and a half sacks in his career, but 45 and a half tackles for loss. When you talk about this guy as well, the last two seasons, 135 tackles, incredibly active, a guy that uh, you know was a three technique, excellent first step. I look at him and I'd love to see he and, and Aaron Donald line up at the same time. I don't know that that's going to happen. But, you know, that explosiveness, yes, he's undersized. Yes, he's Mr. Irrelevant. But you, know, you want to talk about a guy who I think could end up sticking out of this draft class. This is a guy that absolutely has to do that. So, uh, you know, and be a playmaker for them. I think he has a chance. I think he absolutely has a chance. I actually liked him so much. I didn't think he would get drafted in round number three, but I actually put him at the end of round three because I, I just I love the production. I love just watching him play. And so now... You know, I think he's got a great chance to not only make that roster, but end up making an impact. So that's the Rams. Look, you know, the Rams made a, a lot of moves here. They, they addressed a lot of the positions that they needed to. The biggest issue was that inside linebacker spot. Right now, Christian Roseboom is going to be starting inside. Uh, this is a, a, a kid who's, who's played the last couple of seasons uh, in kind of a reserve role, more of a special teams guy there out of South Dakota State. He's going to be the starter next to er Ernest Jones. I still think there's a chance that they could end up you know, looking, you know, know, making a play there. But uh, frankly, there's just so many young guys playing around uh, Aaron Donald. Um, you know, it's a bit of a head scratcher. You know, it almost feels like this is a team that's kind of gearing up for a run at Caleb Williams. That's really what, what this feels like right now, just looking at this roster. Uh, just a lot of young guys, really, you know, you're talking about a, a true rebuild. And uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what the Rams have, um, you know, what type of play you're going to see out of them. A lot of, a lot of youngsters making a lot of young mistakes. I think that's really what you're going to be expecting in 2023. Which takes us to the Las Vegas Raiders. And Vegas, you know, I thought there were two positions that they were going to target, defensive end and corner. Really, you know, I, I thought corner would probably be their, their number one go-to because of the fact that they really needed a number one corner. And Christian Gonzalez was sitting right there. Christian Gonzalez ultimately slid a little bit, which was surprising to me. Uh, but they end up getting, uh, you know, Ty, Tyree Wilson. And when you look at it, you know, he's ultimately going to come off the bench. You know, I, I think he's going to be a role player there because you have Chandler Jones. He's in the second year of, of his three-year contract. Only had four and a half sacks this past season. Uh, Max Crosby, we know, 12 and a half. Uh, but look, this is going to be Crosby and Wilson. Uh, that's ultimately what you're going to be seeing. And with, with Tyree, you've got the 80-plus-inch wingspan, a guy that uh, you know, knows how to get it done. Not the, the most explosive guy coming off the edge, but he's a dude that knows how to use his his levers, his long limbs to his advantage coming off the edge. A guy that's gonna you're gonna see the bull rush out of him quite a bit, but uh, can use some of that speed as well. Back-to-back -back seasons with with seven sacks, uh, 27 and a half tackles for loss on the whole. Uh, Plug-and-play guy, 
Um, you know, like I said, probably not going to start right away because of, of Chandler Jones, but man, he's in the perfect situation to learn from two of the game's best pass rushers. So I think that's going to be a, a nice fit overall. Um, then you look at the tight end position. They're on day two. Darren Waller was was traded to the Giants. You bring in Austin Hooper, the veteran. You also have O.J. Howard on the roster. So you've got a couple of guys that can bring Michael Mayer along. Um, you know, I, I think this is a great pick. You know, he, he falls to, to round two. Um, essentially, what the what the league is saying when they look at the tight end position is, you know, unless you're a guy that's going to be running in the four, four fives, four sixes, chances are you're probably not going to be a first round pick. Well, you know. The, the receiving prowess, you know, is something that definitely is going to be making a, a, a bigger name for itself. When you look at Michael Mayer, look, you know, the stats that he ran, they weren't, they wouldn't blow you away there at the combine. Um, same with with Mark Andrews. So Mark Andrews is one of the best tight ends in the game, and uh, you know his numbers were, were comparable to to Michael Mayer. So the Raiders could very well end up getting a steal. When you look at this, over 2,000 yards receiving, just under 2,100 in total, 18 touchdowns, 180 receptions. That's the most for Notre Dame in all three categories. Another dude that's going to be a starter there for a long, long time. Now, in round number three, the, the curious pick was, was Byron Young. Byron Young is the guy that I, I ultimately thought would be a five technique. I thought he would go to a team that, that implements a, a 34 defense. When I look at him, you know, you've got Jerry Tillery, you've got Bilal Nichols, you've got Neil Farrell, you've got Adam Butler, uh, Matthew Butler, uh, the Butlers on, on the roster. When I look at Byron Young and I look at his fit, ultimately, um, you know, he'll probably end up playing that, that three technique. This is a dude that's going to uh, you know, handle the running game. You know, I, I think. He's a guy that's going to be counted on quite a bit because there isn't a whole lot of depth up front. I was just kind of surprised that when you look at him, he's not a guy that screams, yes, you know, I'm going to plug him in at, at the three technique. Like I said, I thought he was going to be more of a, a five tech in a, a, a 34. But when you look at him, you know, 130 tackles, 20 tackles for loss, seven and a half sacks. I think he's more adept at the at, you know at the running game, plugging holes up front. Um, so he'll really be counted on. And uh, I thought there were other guys that were out there on the board that they could have gone to at the de- de- defensive tackle spot. Now staying in round number three, you've got Trey Tucker out of Cincinnati. Of the two wide receivers, I was expecting Tyler Scott to come off the board first, but ultimately it's it's Trey Tucker. And uh, when you look at the receiving core, you've got Devontae Adams, you've got uh, Jacoby Myers, you've got Hunter Renfro. You don't have a guy that has that, that, that downfield speed, a guy that's going to be able to take the top off of the defense. And what you do have with Trey Tucker is a guy that could absolutely do that. 4-4-40, 1-4-8-10-yard split. I mean, when you talk about that, this is a dude that's going to be very sudden getting off the line, uh, very sudden in and out of his breaks, excellent return man, so, you know, there's definite value. This is a guy ultimately I had coming off the board in round number five, but look, when you're looking for guys that have absolute speed, that's ultimately what you're going to be looking for, what you're going to be targeting. And I think, you know, the Raiders, clearly, they were looking for to address that, that overall need. Now, look, when you talk about that cornerback spot, Duke Shelley, David Long, uh, you know, Mick Robertson, Nate Hobbs, Brandon Faison. Um, you know, you, you look at that group. I, I thought they could have pulled the trigger on a corner much sooner. Ultimately, they wait until round before they get Jacory and Bennett out of Maryland. 5'11", uh, 188 pounds. I think this dude, you know, he's he's great and press man. He's a guy that I think ultimately is going to end up playing in the slot. But uh, a guy that, um, you know, both he and Deontay Banks uh, put on a show at the Combine. 
and I think that's something that uh, definitely went, went into his favor. I think ultimately helped improve that draft stock quite a bit um, with Bennett, you know, 4 3 40, 40 and a half inch vertical leap. So obviously that's going to make teams take notice. But back-to-back -back seasons with uh, 11 pass breakups, 24 total in his career, five interceptions. This is a dude who has ball skills. He's a little undersized, but uh, I love the pick overall because this is the guy that I think can end up making plays. Um, you get to Aiden O'Connell, the, the quarterback, in, in round number four. Obviously, you've got Jimmy G. You get a developmental guy who can learn from both Garoppolo and Brian Hoyer. Uh, Chris Smith. In round number five, I thought this was a guy who would come off the board in round three or four. Very intelligent safety. Uh, when you look at, at the group that they've got, they've got Marcus Epps from the Eagles. You've got Trevor Merrick as well. Um, you know, I know Isaiah Pullamau from uh, USC got some playing time. They've got Roderick Teamer and Jaquan Johnson. But I think Chris Smith, because of his intelligence, I think this is a guy who, you know, he's going to be a, a special teams guy, but uh, he knows how to put himself in a position to make plays. I think he can end up being this team's third safety uh, when it's all said and done. Amari Bernie is another curious guy. Um, you know, linebacker, played some safety actually uh, there for Florida and uh, runs really well. I think he takes great angles to the football, uh, can, can plug up the, the run as well. When you look at this this linebacker spot, um, you know, I, I look at, you know, they've got Divine Diablo, they brought in Robert Spillane from Pittsburgh, Darian Butler's on the roster, but I think ultimately when I look at Amari Bernie, this is a guy, because of that versatility, he reminds me a lot of Divine Diablo, because Diablo was a, a linebacker safety combination, and I think Amari Bernie's one of those guys that can definitely fill that, that same type of a role. Um, there's clearly something that you're looking at, looking for there when you're talking about the Raiders. Ultimately, in round number seven, you've got Nesta Jade Silvera, 6'2", 304, a guy that started his career at Miami, finished at Arizona State, uh, run defender, does a good job locating the football, um, plays with a low center, gra center of gravity, um, ultimately was a guy that I was kind of a tweener, fringe, whether or not he would end up getting drafted, um, ultimately off the board in round seven. And when you look at the Raiders there, again, they have a lot of young guys up front, guys that really haven't broken out yet. So, you know, there's a chance that both he and Byron Young can end up seeing the field quite a bit in 2023. Now, moving on to Miami. Now, we know that Miami doesn't have a first-round pick. It's what happens when it gets forfeited after the, the tampering issues arose uh, in that investigation. But uh, when you look at Miami, we knew that they were going to be going corner at some point in this draft. And, uh, you know, I ultimately was going back and forth between a running back and a corner there with their first pick. They ultimately go with Cam Smith out of South Carolina. At one point, I actually had him penciled in there. They've got Xavier Howard. They've got uh, Jalen Ramsey. I think Cam Smith is ultimately going to be playing that nickel spot. I think he'll end up being the starter at nickel uh, sooner rather than later. You know, uh, what I love about Cam is, you know, he's got that athleticism. He's 6'1", 187, uh, 18 pass breakups, six uh, interceptions. Uh, a kid who I think a lot of people were expecting him to come off the board uh, early and uh, potentially in round number one. But this is a dude who, look, you know, he held quarterbacks to uh, a 21 QBR as a primary defender since 2021, according to Pro Football Focus. 
that's not too shabby at all. I really like the pick. I thought they were going to go running back with their first pick. They end up doing that with their second pick. And look, I was expecting them to go with a bigger back. I was looking at Zach Charbonnet, thought that would be the guy they would target in round number two. Ultimately, you look at it, you've got Raheem Mostert, you've got Salvan Ahmed, you've got Miles Gaskin, you've got Jeff Wilson, a lot of diminutive running backs. Then you go with Devin A. Shane. You know, Devin A. Shane is a guy who, look, 5'9", 188, uh, definitely a guy who has a burner. You know, we know that, you know, look, 4'3", 240, this is a track guy, outstanding second gear, a guy that's going to fight hard between, uh, the, you know, the, 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 the tackles, right? You know, this guy really is a fit for Mike McDaniel's offense because of his ability to turn any play into a, a, a big home run. He's going to be a slasher, a guy that, that plays well with the ball in his hands. It's just one of those things where when I look at this this running back core, there are a lot of smaller running backs, and then you're just adding another running back. I, I get that, that there's there's a type. You like a type of running back, but you, know, you want to see some of that versatility coming out of it, and you know we just don't see any of that. Although I, I'm a big fan of uh, Devin A. Shane, and I think he runs hard between the tackles, I just thought that you, know, you want to see some power at some point on that team. Uh, Elijah Higgins. Here's a guy, he's a receiver there at Stanford. I think ultimately he'll end up playing tight end. He's 6'3", 235. The receivers, you know, you've got Hill, Waddle, Wilson, Craycraft, uh, Berrios. I, I don't think this is a guy that's going to end up seeing the field there as a as a receiver. I think he'll be a developmental guy. You've got Jerem Smythe, Eric Saubert, Tyler Croft. They go with Elijah Hickens there in round number, number six. You know, at that point, you know, could you go with the tight end? I, I think ultimately this made sense that you're going to go ahead and go with, uh, with with Higgins because this is a guy that look you can line him up in the slot. He can be a threat uh, down the field, stretches stretches the field pretty well. He'll be a weapon up the, in the seam. It's just going to take some time for him to develop. I think you'll probably see him on the practice squad for a while. Uh, Ryan Hayes, six six two ninety eight. You know, this is a guy that uh, you know plays tackle. I think he'll probably kick inside to guard. We saw Liam Eikenberg do that. Um, I, I ultimately think this is going to be a guy that's going to be battling Kendall Lamb, Leonard, uh, Lester Cotton, as the primary backup there at guard uh, with the ability to move outside a tackle in a pinch. Minnesota. Now, Minnesota sitting there, you know, uh, 24 overall, and uh, I know they were looking at Jordan Addison really hard. Ultimately, uh, Jordan Addison happened to be there. Uh, in my mock, I actually had Jordan Addison going to Minnesota for a long time because I thought he was a great complement to Justin Jefferson. The thing with it was, was with him off the board, and also I ended up with Zay, Zay Flowers off the board, I was looking at that cornerback spot with Andrew Booth, Caleb Evans. You know, they end up going with Makai Blackman in round number three, but uh, you know they go with a couple of Trojans. Jordan Addison just felt like that made the most sense. A guy that can be that number two to Justin Jefferson in that receiving core uh, just makes a ton of sense. This is a dude who is very sudden with his route running ability. I think he plays a lot faster than that 4.49 speed that we saw at the Combine. I don't think we saw the best of Jordan Addison in 2022. Uh, you know, and really what I mean by that is that ankle injury, I think, bothered him. When you saw him at 100% against Stanford, he was getting vertical. And, you know, the route running, this is a guy that was making his cuts without slowing down, making cuts down the field. You know, not really necessarily side to side. He was making those cuts down the field and was not 
losing any speed, and he was just running by guys. And you know, you saw the balance when uh, Caillou Blue Kelly tried to tackle him, kept his feet, kept going on down the field. Um, you know, this is a guy that uh, you know I think is going to see a lot of action. And if I'm a fantasy uh, fantasy football owner, I'm making sure that I'm going after Jordan Addison because look, you know, we know that Adam Thielen saw the ball quite a bit from Kirk Cousins. Because of Jordan, uh, Justin Jefferson, we're going to see the same thing there with Jordan Addison. Now, in the third round, they go with Makai Blackman, 5'11", 178. This is a guy who has tremendous ball skills. I think that's one of the things that you definitely see when you watch Makai Blackman play. And, uh, you know, that Stanford game. You know, this is a guy in the red zone. They, they throw a, a fade up along the sideline, and he's able to body him up get his hand up in the air, tip the ball to himself, and then take the ball down the sideline. Uh, you know, gets a little handsy at times, needs to watch out for that, but does a great job putting his body in position to make a play on the football, locates it very well, and uh, makes a play on the ball. Five interceptions, 24 pass breakups in his career. Really, his best season was there at USC with three picks, 12 pass breakups. The transfer from Colorado you know, has a chance to end up being a starter sooner rather than later. I think he'll push a Caleb Evans and ultimately be that starter next or opposite Andrew Booth. In round four, they go with a safety. They go with uh, Jay Ward. And Jay Ward, uh, a guy that can also play corner, so there is some versatility there to his game. A guy that could end up, you know, playing the nickel there with, with Byron Murphy. Um, but then you also look at the safety spot. You've got Harrison Smith. Uh, you know, starting to get up there in age. You've got Cameron Bynum and Lewis Seen there at the at the free safety spot. Jay Ward could potentially be that backup to Harrison Smith. Can also play corner. You love that versatility. Round four feels about right for him. Uh, you know, Jacqueline Roy. This is a guy, uh, you know, coming off the board uh, with the seventh pick in round number five, six three three oh five. Very powerful uh, at the point of attack. Uh, you know, he flashes. But uh, it's one of those things to where you know he, he gets he stalls out too quickly as a pass rusher, and that's really the biggest thing that I think why he fell as far as he did. This is a guy that I thought could potentially come off the board on day two, but it's really you know 13 and a half tackles for loss is absolutely there. It's just that that pass block uh, pass rush, and that's really where he struggles. But when you look at him, he's going to have to go up against Kairis Tonga. They're at that nose tackle spot. Um, he'll be the backup starting out, but he has a chance to potentially start if he continued to progress as a pass uh, pass rusher. Round number five, they go with Jaron Hall. Now, this is one of those things when you look at at uh, Minnesota, they, they go with Kellen Mond, you know, the, uh, an athletic quarterback. Ultimately, he doesn't work out. He's no longer there. They go with Jaron Hall now. And Jaron Hall, you know, another guy who is is very athletic. He's undersized, at six foot two oh seven, but it, uh, you know, good anticipation, uh, makes some good off off platform throws because of that athleticism. He can make plays with his legs. Uh, I, I thought. Inaccurate at Senior Bowl, um, kind of an up and down uh, postseason, and really that, that pre-draft process. Uh, so he, I wasn't sure if he was going to get drafted, or if he was possibly come off the board in that sixth, seventh round range. So I think this is pretty good value. Um, Nick Mullins is going to be the backup starting out. Um, you know, so really the question is: is they're looking for a guy who could be a backup for Kirk Cousins, not a guy who's going to take over, but a guy who's going to be a backup. And so I think the jury will be out on whether or not Jaron Hall could supplant Nick Mullins as that backup. And then in round seven, they go with Dwayne McBride, the running back out of UAB, 5'10", 209. 
this is, I mean, you look at Dalvin Cook, you know, are his his days numbered there in Minnesota? Is he going to Miami? What's happening there? You've got Alexander Madison and, and Ty Chandler with Dwayne McBride. I think this is a good flyer, you know, and, and really the biggest thing that you look at with Dwayne McBride is, you know, he doesn't catch the football. You know, I mean, when you look at that, just five receptions in his career for the Blazers, but make no mistake, you know, 1,700 yards this past season, 7.4 yards per carry, 19 touchdowns, 7.3 yards per carry in his career. Uh, had 1,371 yards a season ago and 13 touchdowns. So a, a guy that, you know, is very physical, a guy that's going to uh, get a lot of chunk yards, a guy that, you know, can be pretty explosive for you, uh, you know, runs with excellent pad level, breaks multiple tackles, uh, very good um, you know, in, in the short yardage as well. So when you look at this group, I, I think Dwayne McBride brings a different dynamic to that running back group. Um, you know, and I, I think if I'm Ty Chandler and I'm uh, Kenny Wangwu, I'm looking at it saying, man, I'm really going to have to work to be that number three running back if Dalvin Cook is still on the roster. So that's Minnesota. Minnesota, you know, a lot of things that I, I think they did well there with that draft class. Um, you know, I think obviously as a as a Trojan alum, you look at Jordan Addison, you look at Makai Blackman, both going there. It's interesting too, a couple of LSU Tigers as well. But you know, I love seeing Addison and uh, Blackman going there with the chance to start early in their careers. Now, New England sitting there at number 17. Uh, you know, they made that trade down uh, from 14, and uh, sitting there at 17. Christian Gonzalez falls into their lap. I, I honestly, I, for a while, I had them potentially going after a corner, and I thought ultimately it was going to be Joey Porter Jr. I thought that was going to be way too high, but you know, I figured Christian Gonzalez was going to come off the board in the top 10. Surprised that he fell this far. Christian Gonzalez is going to be a plug-and-play uh, starter there uh, opposite Jack Jones. You're going to allow Jonathan Jones to end up kicking over to that nickel nickel spot. Uh, best pure cover corner in the game, in my opinion. Um, I'm sorry, in this draft class. I think he'll start right away, and he'll be a playmaker for them. Keon White in round number 265, 285. This is a dude who is an athlete, you know, very athletic, uh, a guy who I think could potentially, uh, you could see him lining up opposite Ma- uh, Matthew Judon as an edge rusher a little bit. But then you also look at, you know, his ability at 6'5", 285, to potentially take that spot, take over for, for Dietrich Wise, you know, when it's all said and done. Um, you know, I think that's, you know, the versatility that he brings to the game. Uh, you know, he's got 34-inch arms, so he's got a really good, you know, long wingspan, uh, very good athlete, but a guy that I think, you know, he, he came over to uh, Georgia Tech as a transfer from Old Dominion and uh, a guy that also played tight end in his career as well. So he was a developing guy. And I think he's an ascending prospect. 54 tackles this past season. Look, he had 62 uh, in 2019 at Old Dominion with 19 tackles for loss. Follows that up with 14 tackles for loss, seven and a half sacks. I think of Alex Highsmith. And when Alex Highsmith was at UAB, and you know, a guy that I think was continuing to develop as a pass rusher, right? You know, he went from 18 and a half tackles for loss in 20, uh, 2018, with just three sacks to just blowing up a 2019 with 21 and a half tackles for loss and 15 sacks. Not quite the same improvement in that pass rush ability. But look, Keon White also, you know, he, he started his career there at Old Dominion at tight end. So he's only been playing the position for four seasons. So I think there's a great chance that we could see Keon White really explode there 
uh, for the Patriots. Second round is absolutely great value. Now, Marte Mapu coming off the board in round number three. I thought that was a curious pick, only because I'm, I'm a big fan of Mapu's. I thought he was going to be in a fifth or sixth round pick, to be honest with you. Uh, but this is a guy who can play safety. Uh, he can also uh, line up at the linebacker spot as well. Very rangy, under, you know, kind of undersized in terms of the, the weight, but he's 6'3", 217. Um, you know, he, he's got a lot of a lot of range. Um, he, he comes up and wants to hit you. This is a dude who can line up and, and take on tight ends as well. Uh, he's 23 years old, uh, and, and again, he played at Sacramento State. So, you know, he's he's one of those guys who you know, needs to prove that he can handle it against against top competition. I thought he was able to do that in the All Star games. Um, this is a dude who could uh, be a nickel linebacker hybrid safety you know he's he's someone that i think you know they, they he can wear a lot of different hats and i think that's ultimately look you know bill belichick has proven that he's going to go after guys that we're expecting to come off the board one to two rounds later look at cole strange a season ago if there's a guy that bill belichick loves he does not care if he's going to take him you know um you know in cole strange's case in round, in round number one Marte mapu in round number three he wants his guy now, in round number four, they go with Jake Andrews out of Troy. I look at Jake Andrews, and, the, and this is a guy I look at 6'3", 305. I, I look at David Andrews, the Andrews there at the center spot. I think Andrews is going to end up being that, that that starter. I think they're looking for a guy that can end up supplanting David Andrews there. I think that's ultimately going to be that guy there. Um, you know, Chad Ryland coming off the board in round number four, the 10th pick in round four. This is a dude. He was at East, Eastern Michigan, transferred to Maryland. Um, big leg. You know, this is a guy who made all nine of his field goal attempts under 40 yards in 2022. Um, hit a couple of 50-yard field goals at Michigan as well. Uh, could be a kickoff guy. He'll end up probably supplanting Nick Folk as their starter there. I mean, obviously, you're, if you're taking him in round number four, you you would expect that to happen. Uh, then they get City Sow, another guy that I was a big fan of. They're out of Eastern Michigan. So physical at the point of attack. Six feet, six five, three twenty three. A dude that you know he was a former tackle, moves inside to guard, and uh, has good speed. He can move to the second level as well. Uh, definitely a guy that struggles a little bit. At, uh, at the pass protection just because of the quickness. I mean, that's why kick inside the guard. When you look at this guard spot, you know, not only with Sal, but then also Antonio Mafi. Um, you know, the physicality, that's one of the things that you love with Mafi. He's 6'3", 338. He's going to just beat you up. When you look at this now, you've got a line with Cole Strange, Michael Unwenu, you've got City Sal, and Antonio Mafi. There was really an attention there to the interior of that line, along with Jake Andrews. You've got depth. That's something that I think they were really struggling with. They able they're able to get a lot of depth there. Then they get Keishon Booty, you know, 5'11", 195 pound uh, LSU wide receiver in the sixth round. He falls all the way to round number six. I mean, he, he's a fluid, sudden route runner, a guy that look you know, we thought could potentially you know coming into the season with a breakout year uh, could potentially end up being a first round pick. I mean, it's crazy that we were thinking that, right? Um, but when you think about it, when you look at his career, uh, you know, obviously injuries really hampered things. You know, he only played in six games in 2021. But look, what you saw there with, you know, that UCLA game, nine catches, 148 yards, three touchdowns. You know, before that, in uh, in 2020, the bowl game, uh, I'm sorry, it wasn't the bowl game, but they were playing Mississippi. And uh, 14 catches, 308 yards, and three touchdowns. 
you know, he, he was looking like this all pro, right? I mean, this is a guy that everyone's talking about, you know, finishes the, the season into that UCLA game with uh, four games over, you know, 100 yards. I mean, you're talking about 308 yards against Mississippi. Uh, just a, a dominant effort. After that, just two games over uh, 100 yards. And uh, I, I think the injury definitely slowed him down. I think that's something that you... you we're expecting to see him be a little bit more explosive. Ran a 4-5, just a 29-inch vertical leap. The lower body explosiveness just isn't there, which is why he falls to round number, number six. And I think there's, you know, the Patriots can take a, a flyer on him. You've got uh, Devontae Parker. You've got Tyquan Thornton. You've got Juju Smith-Schuster. I, I thought they were going to go with the receiver sooner. But getting Bouti in round number six, you know, that could end up paying dividends. You know, and when you look at Bill Belichick, you know, we know that he likes to, to – double up on draft picks. We saw that at tight end. That didn't really work out with Devin Asiasi and, and Dalton Keene. We see him, you know, obviously in this draft with Sidney Sow and, and uh, Antonio Maffi. Uh, we've seen him with Josh Uche and Anthony Jennings at uh, the edge rush position as well. Now he goes with a kicker and a punter, Bryce Barringer. Obviously, he was the, the top punter in this year's draft class, 6'2", 216. Uh, got the, the spectacles as well. This is a dude who, you know, career punting average, 46 yards, best in Big Ten history. Actually broke a 40-year-old record that was set by former All-Pro punter Reggie Roby. You know, that, that's pretty cool. So when you look at that, obviously, Barringer, Ryland, probably going to start for the Patriots when it's all said and done there as well. Demario Douglas had a Liberty. 5'8", 179. This is a slot receiver extraordinaire. Um, quicker than he is fast. Um, but a guy that I think can end up seeing the field early and often with this, this receiving group. Um, you know, I, I think he's just he's so sudden. You love the footwork in him as well. I think he's a very interesting guy. Um, I think he's going to make a lot of plays for them coming out of the slot. I think he has that potential at least. Um, you look at Amir Spear. This is kind of a curious pick. Um, you know, a guy that I think is more of a special teams guy than anything else. There in uh, in round number six, then in round seven they get Isaiah Bolden. I like this kid. You know, he started just 13 games there at Jackson State. But what you have here is a guy who has good size. He's got good speed, and uh, you know he's got a lot of length. I had him coming off the board in round number seven as well. Uh, but this is a guy when you look at this, you know, this group, you know, Marcus Jones, Sean Wade, Amir Speed, uh, Miles Bryant. This is you know Isaiah Bolden could work his not only work his way into that group, but could see the field and see some playing time early on in his career. Which then takes us from New, uh, New England. To New Orleans. Now the Saints, we knew they were going to go defensive tackle. Uh, I thought maybe it would be uh, Kalijah Kansi. Ultimately, they go with Brian Brissy. Brissy, I wasn't sure if he was going to come off the board in round one or round number two. Um, but this is a guy that I think could end up being a playmaker if we get the guy that we saw, uh, you know, as a freshman before the injuries. You know, he looks to be all the way back in his performance there at the Combine. Really looking forward to seeing what he can do. And look, the Saints, they they needed help at both the defensive tackle and defensive end spots. Defensive tackle, they lose David Onyemata and Shai Suttle. And then obviously at uh, defensive end, Marcus Davenport's gone. They, they've struggled there. You know, Peyton Turner really hasn't progressed the way that they were expecting. 
Uh, Carl Granderson is more of a role player. You look at Isaiah Foskey, back-to-back seasons with 11 sacks. I think Cam Jordan needs to work with Foskey to get him more of a pass rush move than just his long arm. But I think Foskey, the production is absolutely there. 6'5", 264, so he's got good size. I think, you know, when you look at it, both Foskey and uh, and Brissy, you know, I, I think they can end up being starters sooner rather than later. Kendra Miller uh, out of TCU coming off the board in round number three. Look, he's, he's hungry. He's going for, for uh, Alvin Kamara. They brought in Jamal Williams, but I look at Kendra Miller. This is a guy who I think could fill that role that you saw with uh, with Mark Ingram a little bit there. 74 missed tackles last season. Um, you know, that's something that I think definitely jumps off off the film. Uh, 5'11", 215. I thought he'd come off the board a little bit later. Not as much of a, pa- of a pass catcher, um, but a, a guy who I, I think uh, is definitely hungry. You know, he's talking about it. He really wants to get in there and compete for that starting spot. Um, uh, 1,399 yards, 17 touchdowns. We saw what he meant to TCU's offense when he ended up getting injured there at the end of the season. It really showed. Uh, round four, they get Nick Saldaveri there out of Old Dominion, 6'6", 318. This is a guy who I think uh, you know could kick inside to guard as well. When you look at this group, obviously you've got you know Trevor Penning and, and Ryan Ramchek at the tackles, Andres Pete, Cesar Ruiz uh, at the guard spots. He'll be a nice... Uh, versatile uh, offensive lineman there for them. You got Jake Hayner, six foot two oh seven, coming off the board in uh, round number four. Undersized, yes, we know that. But uh, you've got Jameis Winston on the roster. I think Jake Hayner ends up being a backup. He reminds me a lot of Chase Daniel. Uh, reminds me a lot of of, uh, of Taylor Heineke, a guy that I think could fill in for Derek Carr in a pinch as a starter down the road. He's a gamer. Just put on that UCLA film and how he battled back and willed his team to victory, even though uh, he could barely stand up in between plays. Uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of, of Jake uh, Jake Hayner. I think this is a good spot for him. Jordan uh, Howden there out of Minnesota coming off the board in round number five, the 12th pick in round five. Six foot, 203, instinctive, runs really well there at that free safety spot. Uh, quick to diagnose the plays, uh, can make plays over the top. He can also make plays around the line of scrimmage. I was a big fan of his there at Minnesota. Wasn't sure if he was going to get drafted. Um, you know, wasn't sure if he set himself apart as you know enough. But uh, look, 240 tackles in his career, 20 pass breakups, four interceptions. Um, I, I think he's a very intelligent player. When you look at that safety spot, you've got you know Tyron Matthew, Marcus May. They're the starters. Jonathan Abrams there as well. But I think Jordan Howden can end up carving a niche in there, learn for some of these uh, these uh, these older guys. And then how in the world does At Perry fall all the way to round number six? Six four, one ninety eight. Yes, I know that he does have some of those drops, those concentration drops. But uh, he's definitely a hands catcher, uh, a guy that could be a vertical threat. When you look at this receiving core, uh, obviously I know Rashid Shahid is going to be that number three starting out. Keith Kirkwood is filled in there as well. Traquan Smith has been that uh, guy there for Michael Thomas. We know that Chris Olave and Michael Thomas will be the top two uh, wide receivers. I think A.T. Perry has a chance to end up being that third receiver. When you look at that, Derek Carr much like what you're talking about with Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, could have that big three receiver receiving core. Even though Chris Olave, you know, not on the, on the bigger side, he's just six foot 187, but you've got some bigger receivers to throw to uh, in Thomas and Perry. Uh, really gives him some of those weapons that he definitely needs there on the outside in, uh, in New Orleans. Now the Giants. Number 25 overall, knew they were going to take the corner, just wasn't really sure who they were going to take. They end up getting Deontay Banks. 
I honestly thought Banks would be off the board. This is the guy who's going to come in and start immediately opposite Dory Jackson. Physical performer. We know what he did at the combine. Just blew things up. Uh, look, six foot one ninety seven. Ran a four three five forty. Forty two inch vertical leap. John Michael Schmitz, plug and play there at the center spot. I wasn't sure who they were going to get there in round number two. Was it going to be him? Was it going to be Joe Tipman? Ultimately, go with John Michael Schmitz. Immediate, immediate uh, upgrade at the center spot. They've got J.C. Hassenauer, Ben Bredesen. Bredesen will probably end up playing guard for them, uh, but John Michael Schmitz take over that center spot. In round number three, Jalen Hyatt. At one point, I actually had Jalen Hyatt potentially penciled in there as that first rounder. Look, Jalen Hyatt right now to me just gives off a lot of uh, Corey Coleman, Will Fuller vibes. And to me, that's really valued in the third round when it's all said and done. So you look at Jalen Hyatt, obviously there's there's more uh, the quantity of the receiving group, right? You've got Isaiah Hodgins, you got Darius Slayton, Paris Campbell was brought in, Wandale Robinson from last year, Sterling Shepard's on a one-year A lot of these receivers, though, have one-year deals. Uh, so that that's really the big thing. I think Hyatt is going to be a role player, but a guy that you know he'll be the vertical threat for Daniel Jones, no doubt about that. Uh, Eric Gray taken in round number five. I like you know like the versatility. Uh, I think he'll end up being a nice backup for Saquon Barkley. I think Matt Breda is going to be the veteran presence there, but I think Eric Gray has the ability to to take over that spot. Guy that runs well between the tackles, has a burst, but not a guy who's going to necessarily run away from you. Uh, transferred to Tennessee or from Tennessee. To Oklahoma had his best year in 2022, uh, over 1,300 yards. A guy who also knows how to catch the football out of the backfield with 99 receptions in his career. I think he'll be a nice compliment there to Saquon. In round number six, Trey Hawkins the third out of Old Dominion, 6'3", 195. You love the size, you love the length. This is a dude who has really good speed as well. Um, wasn't sure if he was going to get drafted, but at the same time, look, you know, he, he has length for days. And, and so obviously that's something that's going to come into play. Um, in his two seasons there, started, um, you look at it, 12 pass breakups, two interceptions in his career. Uh, you know, they need, uh, they need size at that cornerback spot. So I, I think Trey Hawkins is the guy, if nothing else, can end up finding a way onto the practice squad. Jordan Riley out of Oregon. This was kind of a curious pick for me. Uh, not a guy that I thought was you know, expecting to get drafted at all. Uh, started um, all 13 games this past season. This is a dude that doesn't really get after the quarterback, more of a run defender. Um, so I, I think he's a guy that I think they're counting on to compete with EJ Davidson. To get the backup there to Dexter Lawrence at nose tackle. And then Javarius Owens at safety. A guy that I think, you know, six foot, 195, uh, a dude that, that does a great job diagnosing plays. Obviously, when you look at that free safety spot, Bobby McCain probably has the inside track there. But a guy, you know, with uh, Owens, kind of surprised that he fell uh, as far as he did. But, uh, you know, a guy who I think will end up making the roster, even if it's at, uh, you know, at, at the practice squad. Now, the Jets... Man, did they have a have a difficult time there on draft day? You're expecting them to go after an offensive tackle, and uh, you know Pittsburgh moves up to get Broderick Jones, and so they miss out on the top four tackles. So what do they do there at 15 overall? They end up going with Will McDonald, and Will McDonald the fourth is a guy that I absolutely love. Uh, a guy who you look at John Franklin Myers, you look at Carl Lawson uh, as their top uh, edge rushers. I look at Will McDonald, and I think he'll end up taking over at one of those spots. I, I really do. 
40 and a half tackles for loss, 34 sacks, and, and the bend. The bend is what is so freaky with this guy, turning turning the corner. Just you, know, you watch him at the combine, you watch him um, in his workouts. This is a dude he can he can really really drop, get underneath the, the pad level, turn the corner in a hurry. Nearly 35 inch arms as well, so he's got really long arms. 36 inch vertical leap. This dude's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, you know, Joe Tipman in round number two. You know, they go after they get a they get a center. You know, and really, what was curious about that was they brought in Connor McGovern, and then you also have Joe Tipman. So I think really what that says is McGovern. You know, maybe that means that Lakin Tomlinson isn't going to be around too much longer, and ultimately McGovern will end up taking over there at that guard spot. Uh, you know, kind of a curious pick, but uh, definitely a guy who's going to be a day one starter for them. The tackle that they get in round four is Carter Warren. Um, that doesn't really move the needle for me. You know, at the tackle spot, I like Carter Warren. You know, at 6'6", 3'11", I think uh, you know, the footwork is pretty good. He's able to mirror a little bit. Uh, pretty good feet. Um, you know, not very overpowering as a run blocker. Needs to needs to get a little bit bigger there. Uh, but look, you know, with with Wayne Brown, really this likely being his last season. Makai Becton, not really sure what's going to happen there in terms of, of his health. There's a chance we could see Carter Warren starting uh, at some point in 2023. Is he at uh, Banna You know, this is a running back. Uh, man, ran it, what was it, a 4 4 3, I want to say. Um, really kind of a surprising. This guy, you know, contact balance and his explosiveness. You look at this running back group uh, with Reese Hall, Donovan, uh, I'm sorry, Donovan Knight. Uh, Michael Carter, I think Izzy Abanacanda can end up being that backup for Brees Hall. Very explosive, big play threat. Uh, you know, struggles a little bit. You know, there are a lot of drops catching the football out of the backfield, but a guy who can, you know, bring, uh, you know, bring it in terms of that speed. Zaire Barnes of Western Western Michigan. This was kind of a curious pick for me. You know, I, I think there were other targets that they could have gone out, uh, gone after. Uh, but look, you know, Zaire Barnes was a, a two-year starter there for the Broncos. Uh, and a guy that, uh, frankly, was was probably the best player on that defense. Um, 6'1", 225, kind of undersized. This past season, though, was his best year by far. 93 tackles, 4.5 going for loss, an interception, 8 pass breakups. You love his ability to, to get after uh, the ball in coverage, and I think that's really what was kind of that hallmark. I was just kind of surprised he came off the board in round 6. Uh, staying in round 6, Jarek Bernard Converse, uh, a veteran there, uh, moved on from Oklahoma State to LSU. Uh, a guy who I think will challenge Michael Carter the second there at that nickel spot because I think DJ Reed and, and Sauce Gardner are holding it down uh, at the on the outside. And then Zach Kuntz, how in the world does he fall all the way to round number 70? 6'7", 255, the blend of, of speed and, and size. You know, you've got Tyler Conklin, you've got CJ Uzama, uh, Jeremy Rucker. Rucker's probably a, the better athlete of those, those three guys. Um, when you look at Zach Kuntz, um, you know, obviously the receiving prowess jumps off, you know, I think more than anything else. 73 catches, 692 yards, five touchdowns in 2021. Only played in five games in 2022 due to injury. But man, when he shows up at the combine, everybody turned their heads because this is a dude who's running, uh, you know, at 6'7 and 255, a 4'5", 540, 40-inch vertical leap. Just throw the ball up and let this guy, you know, let this guy go. I mean, a three-cone drill at 6'8", six, 7, uh, six, and a 4'1", short shuttle. Uh, he's a guy that I think will be pushing for playing time early on. Eagles. Good Lord. I mean, the rich get richer, right? I mean, this is a, a team that 
and they love Georgia. I mean, that's definitely clear. You look at, at Jalen Carter, and when he was on the board sitting there at nine, I think everybody was expecting the Chicago Bears to go after him. Ultimately, they go with, with Darnell Wright at 10, and Jalen Carter is taken number nine overall. So when you look at this defense, you've got Fletcher, Fletcher Cox there, there's Milton, uh, Milton Williams, but then you also have Jordan Davis. So whenever Fletcher Cox decides to move on, You've got Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis lining up there. I mean, two guys who are absolutely explosive, right? Um, just, again, rich get richer. I mean, that's just incredible what uh, what Howie Roseman was able to pull off. You know, the fact that he was sitting there on the board. Um, you, know, you know, how are, how are teams going to be playing this defense? That's really going to be the big question mark. I think they'll probably have to attack, you know, that linebacking core more um, than anything else. What do you do? Uh, with that linebacking group, you go after Nolan Smith. They're out of Georgia, right? You know, all right. You know, at number 31 overall, that's where, really where I had it penciled in. You've got Brandon Graham, who's only going to be on there for, for one more season, likely. Uh, brought in on a one-year deal. Derek Barnett's in the last year of his deal. He's been pretty underwhelming. You've got Josh Sweat. You've got uh, Hassan Reddick. Then Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith looks just like Hassan Reddick coming off the edge. You know, they're a little undersized, uh, but absolutely dynamic. A guy that can also play the run very well. He's 6'2", 238. Um, you know, I, I think he'll be a guy that's going to be a contributor uh, both against the run and the pass. Then they get Tyler Steen. Uh, Tyler Steen at 6'6", 321, a guy that can play both guard and tackle. You lose Isaiah Somalo, you lose Andre uh, Dillard in free agency. There's definitely a needed guard. Um, you know, Cam Jurgens is likely going to be the uh, heir apparent there to, to Jason Kelsey. Tyler Steen could end up being that starter at right guard whenever that does happen. Round three, they get Sidney Brown, a dude who is an absolute playmaker. Obviously, they get uh, Terrell Edmonds. They've got Reed Blankenship at that safety spot, but Sidney Brown is a guy that uh, I think he's tough as nails, a, a dude that could absolutely end up uh, finding his way into a starting spot sooner rather than later. 320 tackles, 10 going for loss, 10 interceptions, including the six this past season, 16 pass breakups, including seven this past season, four forced fumbles. I think this is a dude, he's a ball hawk, knows for the football, but also very physical as well. I, I love that pick. Then in round four, you know, we need a corner. What are we going to do? We're going to target another Georgia Bulldog. And with, with Keely Ringo, he's got the size. You know, there's no question about that. You know, obviously, at one point, we thought they were going to go with the corner in round number one. They bring both Darius Slate and James Bradbury back. They also bring in Greedy Williams. Now with Keely Ringo at 6'2", 207, you've got really good size. Press man corner. This is a dude who, who seems to struggle with uh, being able to maintain sight of, of his, or really main, maintain contact with his man. Uh, lose his man a lot, especially on the comebacks. That's one of the biggest things that he really struggled with, some of that, that those transitions uh, more than anything else. But he's physical, a guy that does a great job locating the football. Uh, you know, when he's coming straight down the field on a vertical route, um, a change of direction was really the biggest issue that I think you saw more than anything else especially on the comebacks. Uh, you know, if you've got Jalen Hurts and Marcus Mariota, you wouldn't expect to see Tanner McKee come off the board, uh, but that's exactly what happened. 6'6", 231, um, he's a pocket passer. That's really what you have with him. He's a guy that I think, you know, he's going to battle Ian Book for that number three spot at, at that quarterback spot. Um, and then Moro Ojimo, round number seven. I'm surprised he came off the board that late. 
this is a dude who I think, you know, he's got a good long arm as a pass rusher. He's a guy that can, can get after it against the run. I think he has a great shot at, at making this team. The problem is, is there's so many guys at defensive tackle. Ultimately, I think what's going to end up happening is either he, he goes to that practice squad or he ends up finding a team where he can end up playing a five technique in a 34 defense. I think that's really where his home is going to be. Steelers. They make the move. They get Broderick Jones. They get a guy who's going to go in there and take over for the struggling Dan Moore there at that left tackle spot. Made perfect sense. Then at the top of day day two, I was expecting Joey Porter to come off the board to them in round number one. They get him in round two. He's a day one starter. That also allows you, you know, if you want, to move Patrick Peterson to the nickel and have Levi Wallace on the outside as well. You really love that that pick. Uh, Keanu Benton out of Wisconsin, uh, athletic nose tackle, a guy who I think could be a day one starter, take over that spot from Montrevious Adams. Uh, now you've got uh, Cameron Hayward, Benton, Larry Ogunjobi, very athletic up front in that 34 defense. Darnell Washington thought he might be a first rounder. Ultimately, what this tells me is you know, teams are looking at him as as a you know definitely a blocker and still developing as a receiver. So you've got Pat Fryermuth, you've got Zach Gentry, you've got Darnell Washington. A lot of really big freaking tight ends, if you ask me. Darnell Washington, I think he, he doesn't have to be asked to, to do too much too soon, but a guy who I think could end up being a contributor, uh, especially as a blocker early on. Um, I, I, I ultimately think he's going to be a guy that'll be a nice compliment there to, to Pat Fryermuth, give Kenny Pickett a one-two punch at that tight end spot. Round four, they get uh, Nick Herbig. You got T.J. Watt, you got Alex Highsmith, you got nothing really after that. Nick Herbig is the guy who I thought might end up having to play an off-ball linebacker because of those short arms, but he did measure in at 6'2 six, uh, six and 240 at the combine. 36 tackles for loss, 21 sacks, a guy who knows how to get after the quarterback. Round 7, you get Corey Trice, a guy who I think, you know, look, he's, he's a bigger, bigger corner. I think he has the potential to also play safety. Gives you some versatility there. Uh, 6'3", 206. Love the ball skills as well from him. And then in round seven, they go with Spencer Anderson, the guard out of Maryland. Uh, Three-year starter. Ultimately, this is going to give you some versatility. You can play uh, at tackle, guard, or even center. Um, so that versatility up front, that offensive line really needs some help. So bringing in a guy like Spencer Anderson will give him some of that flexibility. Not a bad overall draft. Uh, Seattle. I think Seattle wound up hitting a lot of these picks out of the park yet again. At, uh, you know, in pick over pick number five. I think Seattle. A lot of people were expecting them to maybe go quarterback. You know, but ultimately they said, you know what, Geno Smith is our guy. We want to target guys, high character guys too. That's why they passed on Jalen Carter. I thought maybe they would go with a pass rusher as well. But ultimately, you know, I floated the idea maybe they go corner. Maybe they find a running mate for Tar uh, Tariq Woolen. I thought maybe it would be Christian Gonzalez. Instead, they go with Devin Witherspoon. Physicality. They're looking for the new age Legion of Boom. Devin Witherspoon's the guy that's going to come up and light you up. I knew that that second pick in round number one was going to be used on a wide receiver. I just had a gut feeling, ended up mocking that, and uh, ultimately was expecting it to be Zay Flowers because I didn't think Jackson Smith and Jigbo would be on the board, but he is. And, and so, man, you got DK Metcalf, you got Tyler Lockett, and now you got Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, you know, that's really a, a great group of receivers there for Geno Smith. So a couple of home runs there, if you ask me, in round number one for John Schneider, Pete Carroll and company. Then you get to day two. You look at Derek Hall. You get an edge rusher. 
And when you're looking at that, you've got Daryl Taylor, you've got Uchenna Nuvos, who's going to be a free agent. Boye Mafia is still developing. You've got Alton Robinson, showed some flashes, but also got hurt. So I think this is a nice pick. You're able to go ahead and address that spot. And then you get a running back to pair with, with Kenneth Walker III. I thought they would wait a little bit before they go running back. But here's the thing. DJ Dallas was the only other running back really on the roster. Uh, Zach Charbonnet, physical presence, a guy that can run between the tackles, also has some speed to the outside. Really a one-cut-and-go type of a guy. But you, know, you love the contact balance, just breaks tackles like crazy. Back-to-back seasons over 1,000 yards for the Bruins including 1,359 this past season, 7 yards a carry, 14 touchdowns, 75 receptions in his career, including 61 the past two seasons for the Bruins. Uh, this is a guy like one-two punch there at that running back spot. Uh, another pick that I think could potentially be a, a home run pick. Um, when you look at the, the guard spot, you've got Damian Lewis, you've got Phil Haynes. Neither one of those guys are going to be on the roster. or I'm, I'm sorry, neither one of them are under contract past, past the season. You bring in Anthony Bradford, the guy that you know I think could end up being a starter. Uh, you know he's got great physicality, moves better than you would expect um, for a guy his size, 6'4", 332, holds his ground really well, uh, especially against the bull rush. Uh, so he's a guy that I think you know he fits that that mold. Damian Lewis, Phil Haynes, Anthony Bradford kind of looks at that same type of mold. Then you get Cameron Young at 6'3", 304. This is a dude who. Uh, has really long arms, looks to control blockers, eat up blocks. I think he's going to battle that Brian Monet there at that nose tackle position. I think he'll end up being the starter uh, when it's all said and done there as well. Then they go after another edge rusher. You get Mike Morris. I think this is ultimately, you look at Mario Edwards Jr. already on the roster. You've got Draymond Jones as well. I think Mike Morris, that's ultimately going to be his home. This is the guy who flashed early there for Michigan. Then they got into conference play. You didn't see him uh, dominate like he was early on. 6'5", 275. I think that's ultimately going to be his fit. Man, I, I thought they were going to go center. I thought it was going to be a little bit earlier. I didn't think they would get Olu, Olu TV in round number five, but that's exactly what happens. 6'3", 309. I think he'll supplant Evan Brown as their starter there, four-year starter um, at both Virginia and Michigan. This is a dude, he's got excellent awareness, uh, very intelligent player, strong punch at the point of attack. One of the things that you definitely see, is he's really good with the double teams. I think you know he gets exploited a little bit in one-on-one situations, so I think that's something that they'll have to work on. Uh, Jarek Reed out of New Mexico, a guy that I didn't really have on my radar as a guy that I thought would get drafted. Um, four-year starter, 94 tackles, couple of forced fumbles a season ago. Um, he can play corner, he can play safety, so he'll be a guy that'll be battling for a, a roster spot. Um, you know, I just don't know exactly where he fits there. Maybe he'll be the, the backup nickel to, to Kobe Bryant. Um, and then Kenny McIntosh in round number seven. This is a dude, kind of an upright running style, very reliable receiver, one of the best in terms of catching the football out of the backfield. He's quicker than he is fast. I mean, there's no doubt about that. When you watch him play, he looks faster than that 4.6240 that he ran at the combine. Um, a guy that's never going to run away from you, but a guy that does a good job setting up his blockers and get down the field, especially in the passing game. Uh, the 49ers didn't have a pick in either of the first two rounds, three in round number three, and they go with Jair Brown out of Penn State, and I look at him, and I think he's going to be a day one starter uh, right there next to uh, Talanoa Hufunga. Now, you've got Tayshawn Gibson. He's only you know under contract for one season. I think Jair Brown and Talanoa Hufunga, that gives you uh, a pair of versatile uh 
versatile safeties. And uh, I think with Jair, he he's a guy that just has a nose for the football. He'll come up and, and drill you um, and be physical, but he also has 10 interceptions, nine pass breakups. So yes, uh, he could be a, that strong safety, but I think because of the ball skills, he could also be a free safety as well. Then they put the kicker in round number three. A little curious, but uh, look, they needed a kicker. Uh, Jake Moody definitely has a big leg. Um, really early, you know. But you know, Robbie Gould was a was a free agent. You got Zane Gonzalez. You know, they needed to target a a, a kicker. And, and Jake Moody is known for making a lot of big kicks. You, know, you remember that 59-yard field goal against TCU. Uh, this is a dude who can who can absolutely bomb it. Tight end spot. I thought they needed to get a guy to to team up with George Kittle. Surprised it was Cameron Latu, and surprised that he came off the board in round number three. To be honest with you, and this is a guy. He's a was a converted defensive end, six three two forty two, and uh, he's definitely not the same type of guy as, as Kittle. But he's definitely going to be a physical blocker, and uh, you know he's opportunistic. He finds holes in defenses and, and can make some plays. Um, I thought, you know, round number five, they did a great job with Daryl Luter, six foot, 189. Can be a press, press corner, zone coverage as well. A guy that can do a little bit of everything there. Did so for South Alabama with the Jaguars. Five interceptions, 18 pass breakups in his career. He's the guy when you look at San Francisco and you look at that cornerback spot. Diamador Lenore, Traverius Ward, Isaiah Oliver, probably going to be your starters there. He's a guy that I think could end up being, you know, an early, see some, some time early coming off the bench. Robert Beal out of Georgia, 6'4", 247. Uh, can be an off-ball linebacker coming off the edge. Uh, can also be a defensive end. Uh, you know, you look at this group, you got Nick Bosa, you got Kerry Hyder, Cleveland Furl, Drake Jackson, Austin Bryant. Uh, where does Robert Beal fit in? I think ultimately he was a 34 outside linebacker, so this is a bit of a curious pick. A guy who I still think needs time to develop to be an effective pass rusher, but he's a tremendous athlete. In round six, it's interesting. We go with D. Winters. You know, he's undersized. He's 5'11", 227. When I look at D. Winters, I, I, I see a lot of Drake Greenlaw. 5'11", 230, coming out of Arkansas, right? And so it, it's interesting that this is a team that ends up taking uh, D. Winters here in round number six. Um, you know, if I'm Oren Burks, you know, I know he was brought in from Green Bay. You know, he's 6'3", 233. Um, I think D. Winters has a shot to ultimately take over that spot when it's all said and done. I think he's a playmaker, and we saw that down the stretch for TCU. Uh, a, a guy, look, against Michigan, he seemed to be everywhere around that line of scrimmage, right? A guy that just he flies around to the football, 14.5 tackles for losses past season, 7.5 sacks, uh, an interception, a couple of pass breakups, 79 total tackles, and uh, you know just also a tremendous athlete. You know, this is a guy at the combine, ran a 4.4940. Uh, so he's a guy to keep an eye out for. Round number seven, they go with Braden Willis, and I'm glad that he got drafted. I know it was in round seven, but you know this is a guy who did a little bit of everything for OU. Not only can he be that third tight end, I think he'll end up supplanting uh, Charlie War uh, Warner as that third tight end, but he can also play fullback. He can be a backup there for Kyle Juszczyk. I know that Jack Coletto, one of my favorite players, was brought in as uh, as an undrafted free agent, but uh, you, you look at him, uh, Braden, you know, he can, he can be a lineup as, as an H-back. Shoot, he was also OU's Wildcat quarterback as well. So very versatile, could do a lot of things, wear a lot of hats. Uh, Ronnie Bell, round seven. Um, you know, I thought maybe they'd go with the receiver a little bit earlier, but, you know, I think this receiving core is pretty much well set. But Ronnie Bell, 
He's got some speed. He just hasn't been able to really work back off of that injury. Um, ball skills are really what you see out of him. Uh, a guy that does a great job along the sideline as well. Um, just, you know, you really feel for him because, you know, I, I love the route running. But uh, I just don't think he's the same athlete after tearing that knee at, you know, in that first game of the season uh, a, a year ago. Then there's Jalen Graham. He's 6'2", 220 out of Purdue. A guy that's an outside linebacker, can also play safety. Um, really a, a guy that I was expecting to come off the board in round number seven. And uh, a, a guy who I think is going to struggle to make this roster. Um, you know, maybe he can fit in as one of those backup linebackers. Um, you know, look, San Francisco, you know, I think of Aziz Shire as a guy who was a uh, undrafted free agent coming out of Florida Atlantic, a guy that I really liked. I like Jalen Graham. Um, you know, he does a lot of different things. Um, he's not, he's good at a lot of things. I don't think he's great at a lot of things, which is why he's coming off the board as late as he was. Which takes us to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And sitting there at 19, I thought that they were going to go tackle. I really thought that Anton Harrison was going to end up being um, the left tackle that keeps Tristan Wirfs on the right side. Looks like they're interested in, in Luke Gadecki as that right tackle uh, with Wirfs kicking over to the left side because they end up going with Kalijah Kansi. Um, I, I think taking Kansi there at number 19 um, you know, after drafting Logan Hall a season ago really tells me that they're not really expecting Logan Hall to be a starter. Um, they're not satisfied with what he's got there. You know, yes, you've got a decent rotation now, but uh, you know, Cansey teaming with Vita Vea and then Greg Gaines, who they got from the Rams, and free agency. Um, you know, what I, I really like about this with Kalijah Cansey is, you know, he's he's quick off the football. Greg Gaines was able to take a guy who was a little undersized but very explosive, a guy that was coming out of the pit. You may have heard of him, uh, Aaron Donald. Uh, I know Kel Kansas has gotten a lot of those comparisons. To me, he looks a little bit more like an Ed Oliver, Geno Atkins type. But uh, look, 34 and a half tackles for loss, 16 sacks in his career, back-to-back seasons with at least seven sacks. Uh, so you love the, the first step, quickness coming off the football, and uh, a guy who I think is going to be looking to, to get into backfields early and often. I, I think he's a guy who's going to be a starter for them and a guy that can be very explosive for Todd Bowles and company. After that, you go with Cody Malk out of uh, North Dakota State, uh, taken with a 17th pick in round number two, 6'5", 302. And we know his story. He came in as, a, as an undersized tight end, uh, a walk-on, ultimately moves out to that left tackle spot. And uh, I think his home is going to be a guard. You know, I think with Gadecki likely moving to right tackle, Malk can end up playing that right guard spot. Um, you know, I think Matt Filer, who they signed, um, is going to play that left guard spot. And uh, Ryan Jensen, obviously, we know is going to be the center. But uh, Cody Mock, I think, is going to end up being a starter right away. Fills in a, a huge role, fill a huge hole there at, at right guard, uh, especially with Shaq Mason no longer there. So this is a, a you know, was a great pick, home run pick, in my opinion. Then you get Yaya Diaby coming off the board in round three. 6'3", 263. Uh, look, you know, the, the pass rush, they need to get after the quarterback. Uh, Joe Tryon, uh, Shoyinka, really hasn't been able to get it done. You've got uh, you know, Shaq Barrett who struggled with some injuries of late. Um, so this is a guy who could end up being a long-term uh, replacement for him, potentially. And uh, with Diaby, um, look, you know, I, I love the physicality. You know, he's got really good hands, but he also knows how to get after the quarterback. 14 tackles for loss, 9 sacks in his final year there at Louisville. Round number 5. That's their next pick. They get Servassier Dennis out of Pittsburgh. He's 6'1", 226. 
instinctive. I think it's one of the things that you absolutely see as a run defender, a guy that loves to go downhill, shoot gaps. Uh, he chases, does a great job there. Wrap-up tackler, a guy that knows how to blitz coming off the edge. Will shoot gaps, as I mentioned, but he can also bend a little bit coming off the edge. He's one of my favorite players to watch because he can do a little bit of everything. And uh, with Servassier Dennis, 94 tackles this past season, 12 tackles for loss, 7 sacks out of pick, 3 pass breakups, a couple of forced fumbles. Where does he fit into this defense? I think he can end up taking over for Levante David whenever he decides to move on. You also have uh, you know, Devin White as well and what's going on with him. It sounds like he's not getting traded. So does Cervantes Dennis, he can kind of be that third inside linebacker, first guy off, off the bench, but a guy that could end up making his way because you know they're going to have to get younger with that Levante David likely in his, you know, he I think he signed his fourth contract there with the Bucks, another one-year deal. He's probably going to be gone after this season. So Dennis could take over that spot, could potentially see the field even earlier if Devin White ends up getting traded. Round five, they stick around. They go with Payne Durham. We know they picked up Coke Keeft really as kind of that blocking tight end, kind of a surprise. Kate Otten is, is your receiving tight end. What you like about Payne Durham is a guy that can be a, a vertical threat up the seam. Um, a guy who I think is a pretty good inline blocker as well. Um, this is a guy who I think ultimately will end up battling for that backup spot to Kate Otten at a tight end position. Josh Hayes, the corner out of K-State. Um, you know, transferred from North Dakota State to Virginia and then to K-State. This guy is, is vers versatile enough to play both corner and safety. Um, a guy that, again, I wasn't didn't really have him on my radar as a guy that, that was going to get drafted. I thought he was a nice player there at K-State, uh, all Big 12 performer in his one season there uh, in Manhattan. 71 tackles, 5.5 for loss, 7 pass breakups. Um, kind of a curious pick. I look at that, that group. And, um, you know, I, I think they needed to go with the safety. I wanted to see them actually go after a guy like Sidney, uh, Sidney Brown. Um, so this is kind of a curious pick. Um, in round six, Trey Palmer out of Nebraska. We know the speed is there. Ran in the four threes, four three three at, at the combine, six foot 192. This is a guy, you know, he, he started his career there at LSU, ultimately ends up transferring to Nebraska. And uh, you know, only spent the, the one year at Nebraska, decides he's going to come out after his junior season. And, um, you know, a, a guy that um, I, I wish he would have stayed in school for another year, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, because, you know, this is a guy who uh, has that at speed. Uh, I think a lot of people were expecting him to come off the board a lot sooner. Um, kind of a surprising uh, to see him on the board there in round number six. I think more so because of the speed than anything else. Um, when you look at Tampa and what they need at that receiver spot, you know, this does make a lot of sense because uh, you got Michael Evans, you got Chris Godwin, Russell Gage. You need speed. And, and Trey Palmer is a guy that can absolutely bring it to you. He's just one of those guys that, um, for me, I wish, you know, he just left me wanting more. You know, I think the athleticism is absolutely there, but I wanted to see a little bit more out of him. And then finally in round six, they get Jose Ramirez, 6'2", 242, very active as an edge rusher, dips his shoulder very well, running the edge, running the arc, getting to the quarterback. And what you love about Jose Ramirez is his ability to just get after the quarterback. You know, 19 and a half tackles for loss, 12 sacks, 20 and a half for his career, seven pass breakups as well. But he's a little undersized, you know, 6'2", 242. When you look at Jose Ramirez, another guy that can get after the quarterback with uh, Yaya Diaby, 
Um, and, and look, if he can prove that he can come off the edge, when you've got Joe, uh, Joe Tryon Shainka not really producing, you have Shaq Barrett who's struggling as well. Anthony Nelson is kind of your next answer, and he's a guy that really is more of a, a defensive end that's kind of playing out there in space. He's 6'7", 271, playing outside linebacker. You really need, you know, you want to find guys who ultimately fit that role as it. You know, he really should be playing uh, with, with Logan Hall and, and Kalaja Kansi, that defensive end spot. And, and really, that might be, maybe that's what they're looking for, is a guy that could end up taking over that spot for him and have him really battle it out with Patrick O'Connor as kind of that third uh, defensive end in this unit. Uh, so, Jose Ramirez, another one of my favorite players in this year's draft, and he comes off the board in round number six to Tampa. Tennessee. Now, Tennessee sitting there at number 11. I, I went back and forth between uh, you know, an offensive lineman um, and a, a receiver. At one point, I did have Peter Skronsky penciled in here. Ultimately, I, I thought maybe they would go, uh, go with the quarterback and uh, penciled in. Uh, at one point, I have Will Levis penciled in there. That ultimately didn't happen uh, in my final mock draft. But uh, when you look at it, Peter Skronsky is a guy that's going to be a day one starter. He's going to play at, at that left guard spot with Andre Dillard at left tackle. If he doesn't pan out, he can kick outside and play that left tackle spot. Um, you know, Nicholas Petit Ferrer uh, is another guy that can end up kicking inside the guard if they need to. So Skronsky is a guy that can play both inside and outside, and you love that versatility. But you know, six four, three thirteen with those shorter arms, I think he's the guy that can end up being an all uh, an all pro at that guard spot. So then with the second pick in round two, they do go with Will Levis, you know, the, the fall from Crace, a guy that a lot of people thought could potentially be that number two quarterback coming off the board. He'll be the, the so you know, he's going to ultimately take over for Ryan Tannehill. But I think we kind of knew that Malik Willis was a little overwhelmed. Ultimately, it makes a lot of sense here. Um, you know, and Will Levis learning from Ryan Tannehill before taking over that, to, that spot. Uh, Ty J Spears, another guy who I'm a huge fan of. I know that you know there are some injury concerns with him, but uh, with Spears, just put on that USC game and watch this guy go to work. A guy who has tremendous contact balance. He plays bigger than his size. Uh, over 1,500 yards, 1,581 to be exact, 19 touchdowns. has 48 receptions in his career as well. I mean, he and Dorian Williams were the two-lane uh, green wave. They really carried this team on their backs. 5'10", 201, 39-inch vertical leap as well. Love the athleticism, love the explosiveness. He'll be a great compliment to Derrick Henry in the backfield. And then, uh, you know, round number five, they go with Josh Wiley out of Cincinnati. Um, look, this is a big body, 6'7", 248, a guy that's going to be a, a vertical threat down the seam, a guy that's going to be a matchup nightmare, especially in the red zone. So, you know, you look at uh, Chiz Oconquo, he's kind of an undersized tight end. Josh Wiley's a guy that's going to be that a bigger guy. Nice one-two punch there for Tannehill, uh, Levis, and company at the quarterback spot. And then round six, Jalen Duncan, 6'6", 306. Uh, excellent run defender. I think this is the guy, he actually has pretty good technique overall. He keeps that, that, that back uh, back flat, back, you know, very upright there, but excellent knee bender. Um, I think he can be a really good pass blocker. He just has that shorter arms at that tackle spot. Um, so he's a guy that I think could end up being a, a backup there for, for Andre Dillard. 
another guy who could potentially kick inside to guard as well. And I know they have Dylan Radins in, on the inside and Jordan Roos. So he's a guy that could potentially end up being that swing tackle uh, when it's all said and done. And then finally, Colton Dowell out of UT Martin, the wide receiver. 1,000-yard receiver. Look, he's 6'3", 215. I ultimately thought that Jack Davis from South Carolina State was going to be uh, be the guy to get drafted. And uh, in, instead, it's Colton Dowell coming out of UT Martin. Um, but look, he's got the he's got the length, he's got some size, he, he's got some speed. Um, so he's one of those guys. When you look at that receiving group with Traylon Burks and Kyle Phillips and Nick Westbrook, um, you know, I thought they would go with the receiver much sooner than Dowell in round number seven. But uh, here we are, and uh, so it's going to be interesting to see you know the, the weapons that you're going to have for. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, Will Levis, and company. I think they really needed to have addressed that receiver position much sooner. Uh, like I said, I was flirting with the idea of them potentially taking uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba with that number 11 overall spot. And then finally, we get to the Washington Commanders. In round number one, 16 overall, they end up going with Emmanuel Forbes. And look, I know what you're going to say when you look at Emmanuel Forbes. And you're going to say, wow, this guy is super, super lean, super skinny. Um, and yeah, he is 6'1 and 166. But man, this dude can fly. He ran a 4'3", 540, uh, 37 and a half inch vertical leap. And here's the biggest thing with him is the ball skills. That's one of the things that you can't argue with when you're talking about Emmanuel Forbes. Has six pick sixes in his career, 14 interceptions, and 20 pass breakups. The dude just knows how to make plays on the football. Um, you know, ultimately, was the number two corner taken in this draft. And I mean, really, you're talking about ball skills. Washington struggled uh, to get any playmakers out of that cornerback spot. Um, you know, and Forbes is going to be a, a day one starter uh, right there with Kendall Fuller. Then from there, Washington in round number two, they take Tavis Martin. Quan Martin out of Illinois, 5'11", 194. This is a dude who I think when you look at, at him, he could potentially be the starter there at the nickel. Has that versatility, can play nickel, can play safety. Um, I, I think he was really had that eye-popping vertical leap right at the combine, a 44-inch vertical leap, ran a 4'4", 6'40". A guy that can cover guys, you know, has good cover skills, can play over the top as well. Really a nice selection. Uh, to shore up that secondary. And then they go after Ricky Stromberg in round number three. Uh, I thought ultimately he would come off the board in, in round four, but this is a guy who I think will end up being the starter there at the center position. Pretty good athlete. The biggest thing that I just want to see with him is continue to work his feet so that he doesn't end up getting stalled. You know, his blocks don't get stalled out, but a guy that I think could end up being a starter very early on there for Washington. Then they take Braden Daniels in round number four, a guy that has... Uh, you know, the potential to be a, a swing tackle for them, a guy who I think could also kick inside to guard. I know with the addition of Andrew Wiley, Sam Cosby's already kicking inside to guard. They already have Andrew Norwell as well. Um, you know, maybe Braden Daniels can supplant Charles Leno as that left tackle. I know that's kind of best case scenario for them, but I think you know worst case scenario, he ends up being that uh, that swing tackle for them. Round five, KJ Henry out of Clemson, 6'4", 251. Uh, you know, really a, a a strong run defender does a great job setting the edge uh, a guy that struggles at times getting off off blocks but uh, when you look at the group that he's coming into you've got Montez Sweat Chase Young really in a, uh, a make or break season for him in terms of his contract uh, you've got James Smith Williams I think they needed to get an edge rusher probably even sooner than, than taking KJ Henry in round number five 
but uh, this is a guy who's going to work hard getting after the quarterback. Uh, like I said, probably going to be a better run defender early on in his career, and I think that's why he, he fell. Uh, 13 sacks in his career. Um, never had more than four sacks in any one season, so I think that's why you saw him slide a little bit. I think a lot of people were expecting him to come off the board much sooner. Uh, Chris Rodriguez, junior out of Kentucky. Uh, look, you've got Brian Robinson, who's already a, a physical back. You know, I know you've got Antonio Gibson on the roster as well. Chris Rodriguez is, is that physical back that's going to run hard between the tackles. Uh, I'm just kind of surprised that... Washington of all teams would go after a guy who's 5'11 and 224 pounds. But look, this is a guy who he's tough as nails. Over 1,300 yards in 2021 through just eight games in 2022. Still had 940 yards. I know that he had to answer for the off-field issues. But look, Washington still ended up taking him in round number six. And then they go with Andre Jones out of Louisiana in round number seven. 6'5", 248 uh, long arms. I think that's one of the things that, that you really see starting out with Andre. 34 and a quarter inch arms. A guy that can bend coming off the edge, get after the quarterback. I think ultimately what you're going to see with him is, is someone who's going to sit on the practice squad and uh, really continue to develop. Um, because he's got good size at 6'5", 244, I think he's he's going to continue to put on more size. You have seen him develop as a pass rusher. Uh, seven and a half sacks this past season. That was his highest sack output as a, a raging Cajun. So he's a guy to me that I think if he can continue to develop, can end up seeing the field down the road for the commanders. So those are the final 16 teams we kind of put to bed the 2023 NFL draft. We're going to look ahead to the 2024 NFL draft. I know we haven't even played the 2023 season. It's way too early to be looking at the 2024. Not really. This is really where we start all of the homework, really taking a look at a lot of the prospects. I want to make sure that you're starting to get ready for that 2023 college football season. Who should I be on the lookout? What names should I be paying attention to? Who should I be watching out for? We'll be covering that. It won't just be Caleb Williams. It won't just be Marvin Harrison Jr. There are a lot of other guys to keep an eye out for. Um, you know, when you look at it, it feels like there are a lot of top ten locks, and we know that's just not going to be the case. A lot of guys that you expect to come off the board early just didn't happen in 2023, and that's what you love about the the draft process. Is you have the pre-season process, you have during the season, then you have the pre-draft process after that. Um, so a lot of the work goes into this preseason. So what, really, what I want to do is start putting some of those names together in one final podcast for the 2023 podcast series, kind of as an introductory to that 2024 uh, draft class. And then in a couple of months, we'll put together the first of that 2024 podcast series where we'll break down everyone from Caleb Williams to Marvin Harrison Jr. to Drake May to Joe Alt to Olu Fashanu, Jared Verse, Kule McKinstry, Jeremiah Trotter, Dallas Turner. The list will go on and on. It's going to be a fun fun season coming up and hopefully you've enjoyed the ride for the 2023 season and stick around for the 2024 podcast series as well so until next time everyone this has been the ready for the draft podcast i've been your host greg shoots take care everyone and until next time i am out of here